how we love our neighbor is a good indicator yes. of how, we, how our relationship with God is. For a long time, I've measured how my relationship with God is uh, based on my devotional life. Yes. Based on how I'm how I'm having victory over particular areas of maybe sin yep. or temptation, right. yep. or how I feel His presence. How, like right? Yep. Don't get me wrong; those are good indicators. But actually, yep. God says, First John. This is how we know we've passed from death into life, mm-hmm. which is you are in me and you love God. By how you love your neighbor. Well, and I think too, it just it shows how much we need the Spirit in our lives and in us to That's do this, so good. to make us sensitive to this stuff. All right, here we are, another episode of Charitable Discourse, and I'm back here to write the ship. <laughs> I was a little discouraged. Ship. I had to call in on my sabbatical, <laughs> boys. Hey, we did one. We did one while you were gone. Yeah, it was like eight weeks long, man. Yeah, I know. I think I the was, deal. Well, I was excited to be a receiver of this. Oh man, there's only supposed to be two, but yeah, the deal was we were gonna try to do two. Fifty percent is a fail. Yeah, on any grade grading system, except for Major League Baseball hitting percentage. <laughs> oh, in that, in that sense, Ooh, yeah, we, yeah, we did well. Baseball yeah, reference here, Ben. Well. We did well. I like that. Yeah. No, it's shout out to, to Napnas Softball. What are we What are we hitting right now? <laughs> We are not hitting 500. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. We're not hitting 300. <laughs> I I haven't been to a game yet. Not yeah. Typically, you you're out there with us, yeah. giving us a hard time. You've been away from the calendar. When's the next game? Tonight or Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Next week we're playing Crossroads Napoleon. <sighs> Big crosstown shootout. Anything? Big right, anything right. at stake there? <laughs> we should. We should put something up at stake. Get Levi on the phone and we'll... Especially with Wes on sabbatical. We yeah, could yeah. figure out something to Might make be able to get pay. lunch out of it. <laughs> I like it. I like anyway, it. Ben, talk to us a little bit about uh, the sabbatical. Yeah, it was... Man, it was it was good. It was a great time to to refresh. And I know we've, we've talked a lot about um, Sabbath and honoring that. And sabbatical is, is really an extended time for, mm-hmm. for us to um, just step away fully and uh, rest and pray and reflect, and so spent a lot of time doing that. I read a lot. I think I had gotten into a place, into a rhythm, where I was really just kind of reading Scripture to keep me going, and so, you know, in this time, um, really allowing unhurried interaction with the Mm -hmm. Word, as well as with other supplemental books and authors of just being able to hear from them and, and through those words, how the Lord's spoken to, to various authors. And so it was really, really valuable. I think besides that, uh, you guys know, I, I love just working outside in the lawn and grass and stuff. And, and so, you know, you throw in some audio books and, you know, just kind of get lost in, in thought, you know, in doing that and so much imagery, so many, you know, metaphors and things come to mind when you're out working yeah. and, and doing different things. So had a had a really nice time. Uh, you know, it was strategic starting my sabbatical in May because uh figured I'd have the house to myself. Kids were where they needed to be and my wife was still teaching in the schools, you know, uh finishing up the rest of the school year. So then June kind of shifted the rhythm a little bit. So if May was quite a lot of rest uh, June was really just kind of feeding my mind, 
engaging with my kids more, spending more time with, as a family together. Got to go to Colorado for for a week and spend some time with just Kristen and I. So it was super valuable of just, you know, just trying to figure out, hey, what, you know, 30 years from now, what are some family goals that we have, you know, in rearing our children? And what are some rhythms that we want to have in place now and still now that our kids won't remember any different, you know, on the ages that they're at? And so what are some of those things? And, you know, we really kind of drilled some of that in and, and so excited. As, as a, someone who's gone on sabbatical, and I guess this could be for the both of you, is it hard? And I know you, Ben, you're, you're, you have a mind of productivity, continually looking f- to the future, mm. action steps, and what can I take out of this? And so when you looked into going into your sabbatical, were you thinking, I need to have certain takeaways from this sabbatical? Or was it it's simply a time of like, whatever happens, happens? Um, how did you approach that time? <laughs> So I made a deal with Chip yeah. that I would not have any written lists on my sabbatical, and I held to that deal. Um, and I think in the meantime, yeah, I really lost ambition hmm. to feel like, I mean, I think at the beginning I was telling him this at lunch today, you know, I felt like I needed to have this epiphany and have these these big monumental kind of changes and we're going to do this now and this mm-hmm. and and it really, it you know, looking back, it wasn't that. And then so then you're like, okay, did I not hear from the Lord sure. the way that I needed yeah. to? Or, you know, but, um, you know, sometimes just staying the course and just being faithful yeah. in things, fine-tuning, you know, if we talk about church life and, and ministries, you know, fine-tuning that, fine-tuning schedules, you know, kind of reorganizing the way that I spend my time. Hmm. Um, making sure, you know, I'm not in the, I'm not developing curriculum or preaching every Sunday. And so, you know, I don't have those blocks. I didn't have those blocks of just raw study time that I will now have, you know, of just that constant feeding my soul so that I can give rather than just produce, produce, produce all the time. Right. Yeah. I think we talked about this at at lunch. Uh, Our two sabbaticals are at two different stages of life. Yeah. Um, two different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was running pretty ragged, mm-hmm. you know, 17 years in. So some of the takeaways for me were, <clears throat> like, more evident or more um, felt, mm-hmm. right? Just some breakthroughs. More tangible things that you took y- away. Yes, but what I, I told Ben, what I noticed is actually, though, the effects of the sabbatical really started to kick in four, five, six, seven months down the road as hmm. I reoriented my heart and some practices. Then it started to to flesh out yeah. where today my overall health is better than it's ever been and and even better than it was in September, right when I came off sabbatical. Right. And this is a good reminder for listeners, too, that when you put into new, to your life new practices, new rhythms, health, healthy things you know you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. um, maybe, the, maybe the tangible products of that don't come right. quick, but they will. Yeah. So I guess it is a little, we, we came into this podcast saying, well, Ben, you're just going to share all about your sabbatical, but now that you're talking about it, I guess it is a little unfair yeah. for us to think like, well, we, we need a a list of things that happened 
and try to expect you to process eight mm-hmm. weeks of sabbatical and the, and this is your second day back. Yeah. So I guess it is. I guess our expectations maybe were a little out in left field. Well, but. I too. Yeah. I mean, to your point, I think, I think more of that's going to come in the reflection of the sabbatical in the days and weeks right. and months in the office versus just, you know, a report of how things went Yep. Yep. and just things that he taught me along the way that maybe were for another day mm-hmm. that I'm kind of finding then as I, you know, revisit or, or come into those circumstances. I, I was intentional. I wanted to come back in July. I'm gracious for the church to allow that, uh, you know, my sabbatical to start at the beginning of May because I really wanted, uh, you know, July is a pretty quiet month in mm-hmm. the life of the church and in the ministries and the rhythms historically. And so to be able to come back and say, okay, if there were some things that I needed to kind of fix, you know, and in, in rhythms to just for longevity's sake, I will say one more thing though. Um, you know, I know you've been in difficult, um, you've been in, in, in assignments that have been, uh, that have taken a lot out of you, mm-hmm. just ministry assignments. And I think for me, you know, this was a refresher. It was a nice, uh, time to press pause, but, um, you know, the culture that Dave and those before him, Pastor Dave, um, and you've carried on, um, it's always, it's this culture I've always appreciated. It's, it's healthy. It's, it's, it's not like, you know, corporate America where it's cutthroat and, or even some churches are. Um, so I've, I've just thank you (laughs) if you're, if you're a listener and, and just, uh, faithful to this church body, because that's really helped, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean, in the 10 years that I was gone, from Nez and experiencing all the different churches that I've been to, and yeah. it's amazing to see the, and no churches without its flaws, right? But like the atmosphere here is certainly one of, is uh, it's extremely healthy. Mm-hmm. It, we have a very healthy church, and mm-hmm. and we have all sorts of different dynamics, all sorts of different personalities, but we we mesh well for the most part. And yeah, and as as pastor, my primary role is people to shepherd people yeah. to pray. That's number one in the in the manual. Um, and so, but a, a lot of times pastors are forced to wear hats of, yeah. uh, executive finance officers, yep. program directors, and all these other things that, um, get in the way of the most important work as Eugene Peterson talks about mm-hmm. your proper work. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel like this church has done that. It's always kept people first that's, that's and, um, I'm thankful for that. It's nice to be part of that culture. Yep. And, you know, you so. talk about, um, in coordinates, if you just adjust something a yep. little bit over time, yeah. it will go a different direction, yep. right? You right. might not see it turning right or going yeah. straight, but over time, that click, that adjustment yeah. will... And for me, these sabbaticals, especially for yeah. you, um, it's just clicks mm-hmm. that 10 years from now, you're going to look and say, wow, yeah. The direction trajectory of my life is so much healthier and better. Yeah, that's funny you say that. Just the imagery that comes to mind. I did some recreational reading too. I did a little bit of like World War II reading and stuff. And you know those ships. Yeah, I mean just one little coordinate difference, mm-hmm. and you'll be thousands of miles 
That's yeah. exactly what I was apart. thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can just make that, I mean, think of that in your own life mm-hmm. of just just these small adjustments to your rhythm. You know, I mean, that's so good. Um, that's so good. Can make it can make a huge cumulative impact down the road. Yeah, I mean, and if you're listening, we're talking about a pastoral sabbatical, but what we're really talking about are principles that are applicable to all of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's five minutes a day, or the effects know, of that over time are eternal in nature. They're game changers. I mean, I try to get, and I mean, even from a discipleship point of view, and I know we're all involved in discipleship too. Like, but from my point of view, if I can get people to, I think as humans, we, or maybe it's just my personality, I don't know, but this idea of go big or go home, mm-hmm. we try to get all the way to the to the last mile right yeah. away without doing any proper training. But mm-hmm. the minute we do proper training, so if someone wants to run a five k, the minute. They go out, and if they can't run a mile, then they get discouraged and they quit. Mm-hmm. Well, don't try to win, run the yeah. mile. Yeah. You get up and you start walking, and you walk um, for a few minutes every day, and then then you build up to maybe a slight jog. And yeah. and but so often we get discouraged because we can't do the big thing right away. But like you said, if we just alter one degree, one slight thing mm-hmm. now, and and apply that same principle, then in years to come. The effects of that, the effects of that change, the effects of this sabbatical, mm-hmm. then start to be seen um, down the road, long term. And that's counterintuitive to me because I'm, my personality is I'm a dreamer. I want to, I want to create new things. <laughs> the man of a million ideas. I want right to do new stuff, and yeah. you know, where are we missing it? Let's let's figure out a way to achieve it. And yeah, I kind of came back, and I just feel like the the word the Lord's given me is just continue to steward. Hmm what you've been doing and can, you know, do it well. Yeah. So. I love Peterson's phrase, a long obedience in the same direction. Yeah. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's over time, faithful. Yeah. That, um, (laughs) it's so good. Yeah. How's, how's things been here, man? Guys? Terrible. Everyone's like, "Where's Ben? Where's Ben at?" <laughs> no, it's been good. Yeah. It has good been two months. Yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff. Now that I've experienced sabbatical, or your guys' sabbatical, I first got here a year ago. Chip goes on sabbatical, and then I come, and then now you have experienced sabbatical. So now I've experienced the building with both of you gone on separate occasions. So I'm like, okay, all yeah. right. Yeah. But uh, I've learned a lot from from the from your point of view. I think uh, just the. Just the even more trivial things that Ben was always in charge of that I kind of mm. fell into my plate that I'm like, oh, so this is what Ben does and so the work it takes to get these things done. Lots of little, little things. Yeah, but... Um, Except for leading worship. No, Justin did not do did that. Not he worship. did not. Did not do that. Did not do that. <laughs> probably for the But better. I did a couple probably times. Probably for the better. <laughs> I did a couple times. Did you? Yeah. I just commandeered the stage and... Yeah, it became the Chip Bullock show pretty quickly. Yeah, pulled out my trumpet some, would sing a verse, play a verse, wave a flag. No, (laughs) run around the room. No, no, (laughs) the other was good. No, it's been good. It's great to have you back, though. I did, I will say, uh, this last week, I kind of binge listened to someone who's faithful around here is Sarah. (laughs) She puts the she puts the sermons up every week. So I was able to listen Praise to this. <laughs> so this last week, my kids are at the splash pad, and I've got I've got one kind of Bluetooth headphone in, kind of binge listening to this last sermon series of uh, 
What is it? Neighborhood something. The neighborhood, the neighborhood watch. watch. The neighborhood yeah. watch. Yeah. We live yeah. in a neighborhood watch area, Chip. We do. <laughs> but uh, no, it's a lot of good stuff. And I just found myself kind of jotting down some things here yeah. and there while the while the kids were splashing around. One of the things I've most appreciated, we've, we've had a lot of solid series. I mean, go back to the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most convicting series I've had to wrestle through and uh, mm. be able to preach through. But I, I, I got to say, now, even now, the Neighborhood Watch, what it is to love your neighbor and love your neighbor well. And um, one might think, well, how do you make an eight-week series out of this? We're, I mean, we're flying through this, and there's still so there's much, there's, there's so more much more weeks, to come. Yeah. And uh, it's just, this truly is another, so, it's so applicable to our lives. On, and each week I walk away like, oh man, am I doing this well? Mm-hmm. And I, all, all of these conversations that I'm having, am I doing this well? Am I, I mean, the one time that I, I preached, people were coming up to me like, were were you talking about me? And and it wasn't, no, it wasn't, I wasn't talking about them, but it becomes so applicable in our lives. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, like, I have been doing my own, like, circumspect thinking mm-hmm. as I've done this, and I shared this Sunday. Um, I, I do think that love, love God with all your mind, soul, strength, and your neighbor is yourself. We're all familiar with this. Not one listener has never heard that. We know that's what everything hangs on. Jesus said that. I would be honest, a good portion of the first part of my Christian life, and still to this day, I am very fixated on loving God. And that's reasonable, obviously. And He's worthy. He's perfect. He's flawless. He's now, as I know him in Christ Jesus, he's forgiving, he's good, he's kind, he's gracious. Mm-hmm. So loving that is, is easy to become your primary obsession. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't stop. And love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Well, loving my neighbor and myself, that's sticky and messy, and do you know how flawed, and do you know how mm. stupid, and do you know how all this, yeah. and now you're calling me to love that? Uh <clears throat> that's really been, for me, a, a big thing. And I actually, I didn't talk about this in the sermon, but I, I think that why Jesus said, a new command I give you, and it's imperative, like, there's no suggestion here. Right. This is a command. If you're going to follow me, you are going to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you should try this. No. And why he commands us to is because it's hard. Yeah. And he knew we were going to be like, eh, they don't deserve my love. Mm-hmm. Do you know what they've done to me? Or do you know how ridiculous they are? You know how mm-hmm. inferior their behaviors are? He's saying, no, the way this works is you love them regardless. Yeah. That's been a big thing to me. I think that's why it's in the imperative, because this is the hardest thing to do in the Christian life, I think is to love others. And you know, it's interesting. I think one of the things that we often forget about is that we, we tend to separate love God is on one side and love your neighbors on the other thing. But the only way in which we can properly love God with everything that we are is when we are loving our neighbors. And we can't love our neighbors unless we are loving God. And so, yes, there is a hierarchy. Love God is the most important. It is number one. But the natural but we, outflow. Exactly. Yeah, the natural. We can't love God unless we are loving our neighbor. And, and we that, can't love our neighbor unless we are loving God. And that's why we make the point every week, right, Justin, that um, how we love our neighbor is a good indicator yes. 
of how we how our relationship with God is. For a long mm-hmm. time, I've measured how my relationship with God is uh, based on my devotional life. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. based on how I'm how I'm having victory over particular areas of maybe sin yep. or temptation, right. yep. or how I feel His presence. How like right? Yep. Don't get me wrong; those are good indicators. But actually, yeah. God says, First John. This is how we know we've passed from death into life, mm-hmm. which is you are in me and you love God by how you love your neighbor. Yeah. I think we, I mean, it's cliche, right? First Corinthians 13, the love, the love chapter. I was just going to bring that I, up. Yeah, I, I had it's to like beat you to it. It's like it's used for, yeah. you know, weddings, but how about your neighbor? Exactly. Well, and like if we even read the beginning of it, like we can, and Paul's talking, like if I do all of these things, speak in tongues, uh, if, I, if I prophesy, if I have all the faith, if I give away everything I have, and so by your standards, Chip, if I have great devotions, if I have a great prayer life, if I mm-hmm. conquer sin every single day, but have not love, then it is for, and Paul says, I gain nothing. <laughs> so how often, yes, yeah. we create a checklist for ourselves saying, look how great I am. And yet we have completely missed the point in which Jesus is saying, no, they'll know you by your love for one another. They'll know you are my disciple, a follower of me, someone who has faith in me by your love for one another. How often do we forget that? I mean, I'm preaching to myself at this point in time. Don't you think the world probably has looked on through the centuries of now, 2,000 years of Christian, and said, man, you guys are so fixated on loving God. Yeah. But it doesn't transcend to my life, or I'm not affected by it, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's not translated to loving me. That's exactly right. Like, we got this whole thing going on right now uh, in our culture mm-hmm. with... Um, identity, sexuality. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got this whole thing last week of, you know, with Roe and Wade yep. and all these things being thrown out there. Mm-hmm. And I do think that if we would have understood more greatly that God is making us like Him and calling us into His love so that we could love others, yeah. we would have saved ourselves in this arena. Yeah. A yeah. lot of um, hatred or strife. Absolutely. And we could have been the people that they're like, you know what? I don't know, but those people care. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel like that has happened enough. It, it, well, we, and I think too, it just it shows how much we need the spirit in our lives oh, yeah. and in us mm-hmm. to do this, to make us sensitive to this stuff, um, to make us aware mm-hmm. of this stuff because yeah. it's not in our nature. Contrary to what the world says about finding stuff within yourself and true to yourself and whatever. All naturally good. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I am so flawed, and I need the Lord to continually work that out of me. And um, His Spirit is the one that causes me to be selfless and to serve others and to give of others and to pause, okay, how can I help this person? Or That's um, so good, man. That's what I tried to share, like, we started this series with the picture of the Good Samaritan. So yeah. how does God see loving your neighbor? Jesus shares this story. Yeah. Like it colors, it should color everything. Take the person they hated and right. paint and them then, in this right. new light. <laughs> yes, and then intentionally Jesus tells a story in a way where it's obvious that this man shows love without regard for his time, energy, and resources. Yeah. All he sees is this man's need, mm-hmm. right? And I know that first week and then Sunday, as I talked about this, just in the room, 
you could feel the weight of it. Mm, yeah. Like I could feel the weight of it. And I knew I could feel the listener's weight of, wow, this is what Jesus says it looks yeah. like. I'm willing to have my schedule interrupted. Yeah. I'm willing to cost uh, time, energy, resources. I, you know, And I tried to share that first Sunday, like, did you, do you realize that you and I cannot do this? Yeah. If this is the picture, then we're, we're, we're toast. That's why we so desperately need God's Spirit in us. Absolutely. I mean, we're told we're told by the Apostle John saying we love because He first That's loved right. us. Yeah. We we have no ability to yeah. Ben's point. We cannot love without God first loving us. And and I, I again going back to even First Corinthians, I'm reading it now, and you know the the word it's defining. Paul is defining love for us. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is hard. It is. It require. It takes work. And going mm-hmm. back to our discussion uh, at the beginning of this podcast, it, so often I think, even for myself, I, I want to be patient. I, I want to be kind, like automatically. But I feel like sometimes, no, it requires each day to be a small degree of allowing the Spirit to work in my life. It's, I'm not going to run a marathon tomorrow just because I decide to run a marathon. I have to run a mile tomorrow. And then build up to the marathon. And it's the same way with love. I have to make the decision tomorrow, today, right now. I'm going to do something tangible mm-hmm. to make sure I am changing the, the way that I love my neighbor. And it, yes, it may be small, and they may not even notice it. In hopes, though, that down the road, the effects will be much greater. And the good news is, you. I mean, what, what we're talking about is not holding on tighter, but holding on less. Yes. Being pliable. Yeah. Being so, it's it's this isn't just another thing for you to do. It's actually what do you need to give up so you have margin yeah. to be able to live interrupted. Yeah, I I love that. I love that you said to have margin. I'm right now. Me and a few guys are reading uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry, John mm. Mark Comer, um, and he talks about it's 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 about margin. Yeah. It's about allowing. It's not f- having more time or not having more things to do or or. Um, more time, more space to fill up. It's about no taking, reprioritizing, mm-hmm. and allowing ourselves margin to say no. I'm willing to be interrupted. I'm willing to give time, money, yeah. um, actions, mental energy, mm-hmm. e- energy even. Um, and you know how I'm going to do that? I'm going to put it in my calendar like I do everything else that's important to me. Yeah, you're going to plan for it. You're going to strategize. Here's where my margin. At least is until take place. I train myself. Absolutely. I need, to, I need to. I mean, you you do certain things and set certain barriers so that way you you can train yourself. And yeah. that's, that's what I'm going to do. How are you planning? I mean, it, how are you planning? And like, if this is a part of who we are yeah. to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus, to love as Jesus did then how are we planning and strategizing on how we are going to become more like Jesus? Yeah. It doesn't just happen because we want it to happen. There's a lot of things I want to do, but unless I set aside time for it to happen, it won't actually happen. Going back to John Mark Comer and his That's book. That's kind of a cool phrase, I think. How are you planning to love your neighbor? Yeah. That might be a cool question to throw out there. Like, how are you planning to love your neighbor? Mm-hmm. You know, like that intentionality. Right. Like, and then again, for me, you, you know, I love this—the cooperation between uh, my will and God's Spirit. Absolutely. And okay, yeah. I'm going to plan, and then I'm going to allow God to energize me mm-hmm. yeah. and enlarge the capacity of my heart yeah. to love. Yeah. 
Because if there's one thing that we we know we cannot rely on, it's when we're given a spontaneous moment to love our neighbor and it's just up to our reaction, more than likely our immediate reaction because it's not a part of our nature, it's not going to be to love the neighbor. It's not mm-hmm. going to be how if someone offends me or hurts me in a particular way, my immediate reaction is not to love them. But if I've built margin into my life to where like I'm not immediately offended by somebody and all of a sudden I have allowed... Um, I can see the positive or I can see, give them the benefit of the doubt, I've then built in. And so like for Mm -hmm. me then, it means I'm intentionally, deliberately praying for someone I know more than likely will offend me or has offended me or has hurt me. So I am praying for them. You just looked over at Ben as I said that. (laughs) I'm praying for Ben. I was picturing those people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. But like it takes, like I can't just interact with somebody of that nature and expect my will to be enough. I have to plan. No, more than likely this next meeting I'm going to have, there's going to be some anger or hurt feelings or anything like that. I have to plan to be ready for that so that my will is is coming alongside the Spirit's will in my life to love well. Yeah, and I think think the more, you know, I'm trying to think of practical takeaways with this, just tangible planning, that kind of piece, you know, especially for... You know, I think of the season of life I'm in with kids. Um, more is caught than taught. So I can tell my kids to love. I can tell my kids they need to do this and they need to do this. Mm. But if they don't see dad doing that, if they don't see me living it out, if they don't see me being inconvenienced with things that um, I would rather do, but I'm actually doing this instead, um, you know, and, and not from a show showy standpoint, but, you know, this is really important to pass down from generation to generation. What about the old lady that lives next to me? How can I just start taking care of her the way the Lord would expect me to do it? Hmm. And just thinking through those kind of tangible, guess what? It's going to inconvenience me. Sure is. I got a call in the middle of our podcast right now, and Chip, I know you saw it. Oh, Laura. Of, of you know what? It's, it's, I, it causes me to have to rearrange my schedule, but do it. Maybe, maybe even too, like, okay, uh, if someone's listening and they're like, okay, you're saying this, I get it, but where do I start? Maybe every day spending five minutes praying for your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm oh, not yeah. kidding. Like, when we start to pray about things, it's your awareness amazing how your awareness. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Like, when I have prayed for somebody in a need, like, yep. I think about them more yep. often. Yep. I'm more inclined to call them. Yeah. I'm more inclined to check. Like maybe it's, you know, I, I've got uh, mm-hmm. Roger next door. or And I know neighbor is figurative in the sense of not necessarily proximity. But no, but everybody. start there. Yeah. What Why if not? Yeah. We've got however many hundreds of people part of this body. What if, what if each of us helped our neighbor out in this community? What kind of message would that send about the kingdom? 100%. All men would know that we are his disciples. Yeah. And, when, and the promise is that when we point to him, the mm-hmm. light of the world, mm-hmm. uh, people are going to find him. Listen, you will always have the needy among you. Your call is to love. Your call yeah. is to yeah. um, do what you can. He's not asking you to save the whole world. And what's beautiful about this is that Jesus doesn't come and say, I've, I've come to add more burdens to your life. He says, I have come that they may have a life abundantly. Mm-hmm. We get distracted by thinking, um, again, I'm going back to the John Mark Homer book, but we get, we get distracted by thinking, by what's easy and what's 
quickly entertaining and what's quickly accessible and everything like that. And we think that's going to be, give us the abundant life. But in reality, it's this lifestyle in which Jesus is calling us to. And we think from our, our, our own nature is that this is requiring more work. It's going to be more of a burden. Jesus yeah. is like, no, once you lean into this, once you live into this and experience this, you will experience a life that you could never have even imagined experiencing. And it, it is greater. And, you'll, and, and the world will then know of me because of how you are living and leaning into this. Because what if the what if the things that are keeping us from doing this, the things we preoccupy our time with, mm-hmm. aren't that important? Exactly. In the long run, if we actually think about it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, all of a sudden, the excuses of "I'm too busy," which we all use, we all say, "I'm too busy to do X, Y, or Z." But Jesus is like, "No, it's not that you're too busy. You've just prioritized things in front right. of what I th- right. say you need to be busy with." I mean, it's funny because even weekends at the lake, you think of, mm-hmm. you know, of of those things being those aren't restful. I go to weekends. <laughs> our family has a thing at the lake. I'm doing yard work half the time, or yeah. or maintaining, or fixing, or right, right, or watching kids. And I ended up being busy the whole time. I was planning right. to rest, anyways. I don't know where I'm totally sidetracking everything. No, but I think I it goes like back just, to, are you allowing yourself margin in your life? Yeah. Going back to the lifestyle that Jesus calls us to have. and uh, Because Jesus wasn't this man who wasn't busy. He was a busy man. But yet, every, like he allowed himself to be interrupted to love well with those he interacted he, with. He lived with purpose. He moved with purpose. Yes. He knew when to retreat, and he knew when to yep. be in front of people. And no one was going to make him do anything that he, he didn't see or know from the Father that he needed to do. And the thing about Jesus, is if you look at him, is, you know, this wasn't a man who was e- easily offended or easily angered or easily, he, wouldn't, he didn't carry the burdens of the world on his shoulders. And this is the life he's saying, look, I, I have this for you. Will you take my yoke? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. So how many more weeks of this we have? I'm literally, this is my second day in the office, so I'm just... We're four in. We got four more to go. Four more to go. And awesome. we kind of kind of uh, pivot here after this week, which I think is a, uh, it's going to be a impactful week for us because mm. one of the biggest hindrances to loving our neighbor is what do we do and how do we respond when inevitably our neighbor hurts us, mm. wounds us. Uh, we have to deal with the injustices and the unfairness of this world. Mm-hmm. And we all wrestle with and have wrestled with bitterness, unforgiveness, grudges. Well, that's a huge damper mm-hmm. in love, being able to love at full capacity or to good capacity. And so, uh, yeah, Justin, this Sunday is going to start breaking that down in the Word, uh, what that looks like, how to Mm-hmm. How to flush bitterness, how to deal with it. Yeah. And we know where two or more are gathered, there is disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> but yeah. then we're going to finish uh, the last three weeks kind of more. We need to love each other well yeah. and love, be healthy ourselves. And then the last three weeks are going to be okay, what does it look like then to love the neighbor that doesn't know Christ? Yeah. And, and to show Christ's love into an unbeliever, a skeptical, and agnostic's mm-hmm. heart yeah. and love on those people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
It's good. Challenging yeah. series, but so, so good. It's good. It's been a great summer series. Yeah, absolutely. The whole point is, can we walk away from the summer saying, you know what? I've thought about, I've picked up some things I've mm-hmm. learned, and I've let the Lord speak to me about what does that phrase mean? Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. 